Brown. Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. How are we doing on a Thursday? Today is the 26th, January 26th, 2023. What's going on out there with you? On today's show, it's a Thursday, Concept Thursday. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about when to use teasers and parlays. Because teasers and parlays can be very effective weapons and very effective tools if they're used correctly. Most people out there, the majority of people betting sports who are just doing it for fun are making parlays. And there's a reason why parlays will be made and could be made. Okay, so if you're a pro, these can actually be a benefit. We'll talk today about the appropriate times for parlays and teasers, or at least a couple examples of uh, when you could use them. Also want to talk about uh, Betfred, the sports book, and something they're doing that I find to be just hysterical. So we'll get into all that today. Uh, Want to thank Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is the place to go for player prop parlays. You get paid more for the same parlays you make anywhere else. Online thrivefantasy.com or download the app. Put in promo code SBD for a deposit match up to $100. Also want to thank Better Edge. Better Edge is getting rid of the minus 110, essentially boiling every game down to a coin flip, a risk-free coin flip, right? If you get rid of the minus 110, you're getting rid of the house edge. And the first thing I always thought with Better Edge, how can they do this? How do they make money? They have other ways of making money. It's a completely different business model. It helps you, the sports better, make more money though. So check out Better Edge online, B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. Put in promo code SBD for a free $20 upon signing up. All right, so let's start off actually with the uh, Betfred stuff. This is hysterical. So this is becoming a trend. We've talked about it a little bit on this show canceling bets or giving money back for bets when certain things have happened. Uh, We've seen it when players have gotten injured early in games. It's like so-and-so got hurt in the first quarter. Therefore, we are refunding all bets made on that player. And here's what's happening. It's very, very simple. These sports books decide it's more worth it or it's worth more to them to give back the money because they're going to get a lot of publicity and good advertising in that trade-off. You see, the reason why these sports books give money back is because they don't have a lot of exposure themselves. There's not that many bets on whatever it might be they're giving back. So Betfred recently came out and said this was uh, 25th. This was yesterday, in about midday. Betfred said, uh, Fred told you yesterday, this is a tweet, Fred told you yesterday from the Las Vegas headquarters that he was going to drop some big news today. And here's the news. We're so confident at Bed Fred and the Bengals winning the Super Bowl that we've decided to pay out all bets on Cincinnati Bengals to win the Super Bowl before the AFC Championship games even played. So think about this. They're paying out everyone who had a futures bet on Cincinnati to win the Super Bowl before the AFC games even played because they're so confident. They're obviously not so confident, right? This is what's happening here. If you believe Betfred is so confident they're doing that and they're just being dumb, you're the one being dumb here, right? It's the old poker thing. Look around the table. If you don't notice the mark, you're the mark. Yeah, that's what's that's what's happening if, if that's your thought process. Betfred has such little exposure and so few bets on Cincinnati to win the Super Bowl, they decided it's so worth it for them to do this because it's going to make it look like they're getting more back or it's going to make it look like they're doing something great for everyone who really doesn't understand this. And it's not just the advertising dollars. It's not just the free marketing. It's all of these prospective clients that they think are going to sign up at Bedfred because of this. Bedfred thinks a lot of people are going to see this and go, oh my God, 
if I gambled there and made that bet, I'd be getting that money back. They'd be paying me out right now. So Betfred's trying to gain customers. This is a way of them trying to, you know, customer acquisition phase for Betfred. And here's how that meeting went in the, in the back room, right? The meeting, there, there's some higher ups, maybe, maybe some marketing managers and developers. Here's how that goes. Hey, uh, so-and-so, how much money do we have on the, on the Cincinnati Bengals to win the Super Bowl? Uh, there's only a couple bets. We'd have to pay out probably 12500 bucks. And they go, 12500 How much would it cost a marketing campaign to do the same thing? I don't know, 125000 Okay, great. Let's pay out the $12,500. we will tell everyone in the world who will listen that we did that. Whore ourselves out there, right? Slut ourselves out there on Twitter all the time or all day and try and get some customers out of this. That's how that looks. It's a simple dollars and cents question. If they had a whole bunch of sharps that had Cincinnati at the best price and they would have to pay $2.5 million in payouts, you think for a second this would be happening? It's as easy as how much do they have to pay out? What's it worth to them to do something like this? That's as easy as it is. It always comes down to that. It's silly when they, they pay bets back. It, this is silly, but, you know, it's... it's uh, there's other people too. I, I think uh, the what is it the the sports book diref- director, what is it Jeffrey Benson? I think his name is. Uh, yeah, Jeffrey Benson. He's a sports book operations manager. Excuse me at Circa Sports in uh, downtown Las Vegas. And I actually saw this because he tweeted a retweet about this, and his retweet said, uh, "Let's see." Tell me you have almost zero liability on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl without telling me you have almost zero liability on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. That's the same thing. That's what I'm saying, right? That's pretty obvious. Not a lot of liability. They're trying to make themselves look good. If you really know what's happening, it's just another sleazy sportsbook operator trying to dupe the public another way in another fashion. Sign up at our book. Here's what we do. I've had issues with Betfred. I can't bet with Betfred currently, so I'm not a huge fan of their sports book as is. All right, let's move on. Move along, sir. Uh, a couple things we're going to do today. Some experiments, some examples, some exercises for all of you to play along with. So parlays and teasers have a place in the sports betting world for pro bettors, okay? You can use parlays. You can use teasers to make money. The issue is the average person makes a teaser because they think they are risking a little bit to win a lot. That's actually not the case. If you make a $10 teaser to win 2000 and you are, let's say your teaser is a eight legs. Okay. You have a $10 eight leg teaser, eight games. If you go seven and zero and you're waiting for that eighth game, chances are you're looking to cash out. How much would we make? Right? Because at that point, you'll take the money. You'll take the, the, the money over the $10 you bet. That's the, that's the idea. Is That's why cash outs, they're never good because they're going to give you back way less than you should get in the first place. But that's why they're tempting. The average person out there will make a huge parlay. Halfway through, they'll want to cash their money out. It's like, why'd you make all these legs in the first place? Well, I didn't know I'd win. I didn't know I'd get here. So the thing that people don't understand with parlays is if you win a parlay, you should you earn money right there. If you're 7-0 and in an eight-game parlay and you have one game left, that seven games means something. And what a, what a parlay does, just to give a quick math out there, is all a parlay does is roll winnings from one bet over into another bet. You don't make any more money from betting a parlay. There's no incentive. Most people are surprised when I tell them that. They think that because you see the dollar signs go way up and way up, you know, the more teams you add, that you get more money for that. It's not. If there's a, let, let's forget the minus 110 and say every bet that we're making in a parlay is even money, right? So like you bet five to win five, or you bet, you know, 50 bucks to win 50 bucks, okay? Let's just say it's a two-team even money bet. A two-team even money bet's gonna pay plus 300, why? Because 
let's say you start out with 10 bucks. You bet 10 to win 10 on the first leg. Now you have 20. The second leg, you bet 20 to win 20, you end up with 40. You started with 10, you end up with 40. What is that? Plus 300. It's the exact same payout as if you would have made the parlay. So people think that there's a reason to make parlays. There's not. If, if, if all the games weren't happening at the same time and you made a parlay, quote unquote, for Thursday night football and then uh, Sunday night football and then Monday night football, you could theoretically just roll the winnings from one game to the next to the next if you chose to do so. That's the same exact payout as a parlay. So people think that's just a quick little thing. People think there's an added reason to make parlays. There's not. But there are reasons to make parlays and teasers for professionals. Let's get into that right now. So what I was going to do is sort of give examples and have everyone out there guess what they would do. But I think it's a little confusing. And if we're teaching, you know, a lot of you may not know that yet. So let's not do that. Let's just sort of do this more like lecture style. So for a parlay, here's what you want to make a parlay for. The first example I gave or the example I just gave, if there's a Thursday night football and then a Sunday night football and Monday night football, what you may want to do is lock in good lines on either Sunday night or Monday night and make the parlay. Now, most pros are still not making three-team parlays. So let's say you want to bet on Thursday night football and there's a game on Sunday night football and you really like that line. Let's say it's two and a half, but you don't want it to move to three. And on top of it, we understand how parlays work, so we want double the exposure on that game than we would have on the Thursday night game. If that's the case and it lines up and, that, and you want the exposure there, the bigger bet on the Sunday night football game, make the parlay. Because what you're doing is you don't have to risk the, the capital, the money. If you win the first bet, now you have double the amount of money on the Sunday night football game and you've locked your bet in. So it can be a weapon and a tool to lock in a good line and guarantee you have the bet size you want without fronting that money up front. If the earlier team wins, you know, the Thursday night football team wins, you knew you wanted a big bet for the Sunday night football anyway. So now you have that placed at the better number. That's one reason to make a parlay. Uh, Another reason to make a parlay is if we identify some sort of correlation This is why same-game parlays were illegal for decades. When I first started doing this for a living, a same-game parlay was not allowed. (laughs) The only reason it's allowed now is because they take away so much in in the payout that it is worth it for them. And it's because of the correlation. So let's just, I mean, it's very simple. If a quarterback is going to go over on his passing yards total, it's usually correlated with the team going over in points. Not always, but the correlation is there. It may be a weaker correlation, but it's a correlation. So if you parlay quarterback over yards to a team total over, yeah, DraftKings and BetMGM may let you do that, but they're going to take so much in what they should pay you, it's actually still worth it for them to do so. And that's why this wasn't allowed for a long time, because of the correlation. So On that same note, can you think of other examples where correlation may present itself where we could make a parlay? And I'll give you one example. Let's say it's the last week of the NFL season, and you have two teams in the AFC West who are battling it out for for first place. Now, this is a hypothetical situation, okay? Uh, Let's say you have two teams in any, any division battling it out, and one team has an early game, the second team, the other team, plays later on, Sunday Night Football, or even the afternoon slate of games. Well, let's say the team that plays later on, whether it's Sunday night or the afternoon game, if the team playing earlier loses, the team playing later is already in. Let's say that's an exa- or that, that's, that's a scenario, okay? So if the team playing first doesn't win, 
the team playing in the afternoon may sit their quarterback. So that's a correlation, right? So let's say we parlay the first team to not cover the spread or not win to the second team also not winning or not covering the spread. Because if the first team doesn't, the second team may start their starters. The line's going to move. By the time the first team loses, that line may drop from minus six to minus three and a half or minus four or plus six to plus three and a half plus four, right? We're locking something in though, assuming the correlation has an impact on the outcome. So that doesn't happen all the time. That's actually kind of a more rare example, but it is an example as to we can as to where we can identify some sort of correlation. And correlation just means are the two things connected somewhat? We're not identifying causation, just correlation. That can be a, a weapon as well. And then the last uh, example that I'm going to use here is uh, if we simply want more volume on the more bets that are offered. So if you make a 10-team parlay for $10 and it's to win 2000 that's okay to make as long as you understand that that 10th game, that last leg of the parlay, is going to be like 1100 bucks to win 11, to win a, you know, or whatever it would be, 1000 to win 1000 Now, if you, as a $10 better, are comfortable betting $1,000, Fine, make the bet, but understand what you're doing, right? So that's that's just what, you know, is understanding that you want more, the more games you add. And then actually, this is the last one. I don't recommend this. This is not good. This may get you kicked out of sports books. This is, may consider, this is uh, considered to be, from a lot of bookies, a sleazy practice, but it exists, so we'll talk about it. Some professionals use parlays to circumvent betting limits. If you have a betting limit, let's say you can only bet $200 per NHL game, a lot of people will use parlays to get way more than $200 down because, again, having known or, or now that we know how parlays work, if you make a three-team parlay at the $200 limit you can make a bet, we know by game three, you have a lot more than $200 on the NHL. So you're circumventing betting limits by putting parlays in. That's another reason why pros use those. So parlays can be weapons. Parlays can be used profitably. And actually, very smartly, the only issue is they're looked at as a square bet because that's usually the only bets that squares make. And before we move on from that, very final thing, if you yourself are making uh, same-game parlays, those are horrible bets. You're never going to make money long-term. Everyone who I see being a quote-unquote professional on Twitter posting these same-game parlays, it's a dead giveaway. They don't know what the hell they're doing. So the SGPs, the same-game parlays, are terrible bets, and they always will be. All right, and then uh, teasers. When is it good to use a teaser? I'm going to give you an example. I'm finding myself to be the case in something really, really interesting. So teasers are valuable when the point spread is more valuable. Think about that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say it again. Think about what that means. Teasers are more valuable when the point spread is more valuable. AKA, the more efficient the market, the better teasers are. Can you see where we're going with this? If not, keep listening. At the end of every football season, what every sports better should be doing, just to track the efficiency of the betting market, is going back and applying the outcome, the results, to the point spreads. And at the end of every season, we can see the sharpness of every market based on that. And really, it's easy. The answer, the, or the, the, the question that we answer is, how close to the results are the point spreads? If an NBA team, you know, if the final closing line is the Lakers minus three over the Sacramento Kings, and the Lakers win by three, 
that's a good thing for the market. That means that the market was close. If Sacramento wins by 15, that means the market was a little bit off. Now, you're going to get a lot of those in the short term, but over the long run, that's why big data is so important. Those numbers should fall somewhat close to the point spread. Well, what we're finding in the NFL is that the National Football League is getting so goddamn efficient and so smart and so hyper brilliant, you know, from a collective point of view, that these lines and these games are landing closer and closer every single year. You go back the last 10 years, it is a consistent thing. The market is getting sharper. So that's where teasers come into play. If the market's getting sharper, by definition, the games are landing closer and closer to the point spread. What that means also by definition is the more points we buy, or now if we buy points, those points are worth more. So in the old days, you get a two-team six-point teaser, minus 120 was a great price. But now that, that lines are landing closer and closer, that's why if you find a home underdog of two and a half and pair that with another home underdog of two and a half, you tease both of them up to eight and a half and you pay minus 120, that is almost universally a good bet now. And the reason is the point spreads are landing closer and closer to what the final line is. The markets are getting more efficient. So that's when teasers are beneficial. When you get a sport where the lines are landing so close, use a teaser. That's why it's never used worth it to, to tease college football games. I mean, what did the old uh, uh, Sonny Vaccaro used to say? You know, the old Vegas bookmaker? Uh, he used to say, uh, yeah, I'll book college, or, uh, college football teasers out of my pocket. You know, they're horrible bets to make. Why? Because the college football market's not nearly as efficient as the NFL market. You're getting point spreads that are wildly off from what they should be and what they land on a consistent basis. So you should never tease a college football game, ever. And, and it's called a teaser, by the way, because it teases you. You think those six points are worth a lot, when in reality, they're usually not. But that is one way to use a teaser. If you're finding things like that, teasers can now be put into the equation as a positive. So... All right, that does it for today's show. Appreciate everyone listening. And uh, teasers, parlays, be careful. I'm playing with fire over there. Everyone's making parlays, right? And that's the thing to take away. Just because the average square makes parlays doesn't necessarily make them a bad bet. So, all right, appreciate everyone listening. Good luck, whatever you have going on today or tonight. Full slate tonight, a lot of games. Hope you catch some winners. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Sports Betting Daily. 